Hello and welcome to Daily Prayer today for July 26th, 2021. Super, super late. VBS started today and I have not gotten to it until today, but I'm going to try to do better for the rest of the week. Let's go ahead and join together in prayer. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. The Lord be with you and also with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. Redeeming God, we give you thanks that through the gift of our baptism, you have clothed us in your grace and made us heirs of your promise. By the power of your Holy Spirit, set us free from all that we fear and let us live according to our faith. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Our readings for today, we're going to go ahead and do the reading from 2 Samuel for Sunday, and then um, continue on with the readings for today. And we're going to skip the Psalms for today because of that. <clears throat> so we have 2 Samuel chapter 1, verses 17 through 27. David intoned this lamentation over Saul and his son Jonathan. He ordered that the song of the bow be taught to the people of Judah. It is written in the book of Jashar. He said, Your glory, O Israel, lies slain upon your high places. How the mighty have fallen. Tell it not in Gath. Proclaim it not on the streets of Ashkelon. Or the daughters of the Philistines will rejoice. The daughters of the uncircumcised will exult. You mountains of Gilboa, let there be no dew or rain upon you, nor bounteous fields. For there the shield of the mighty was defiled the shield of Saul, anointed with oil no more. From the blood of the slain, from the fat of the mighty, the bow of Jonathan did not turn back, nor the sword of Saul return empty. Saul and Jonathan, beloved and lovely, in life and in death, they were not divided. They were swifter than eagles. They were stronger than lions. O daughters of Israel, weep over Saul, who clothed you with crimson in luxury, who put ornaments of gold on your apparel. How the mighty have fallen in the midst of the battle. Jonathan lies slain upon your high places. I am distressed for you, my brother, Jonathan. Greatly beloved were you to me. Your love to me was wonderful, passing the love of women. How the mighty have fallen and the weapons of war perished. Then from 2 Samuel chapter 2, 1-11. through 11. After this, David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up into any of the cities of Judah? The Lord said to him, Go up. David said, To which shall I go up? God said, To Hebron. So David went up there, along with his two wives, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. David brought up the men who were with him, every one with his household, and they settled in the towns of Hebron. Then the people of Judah came, and there they anointed King David king over the house of Judah. When they told David it was the people of Jebesh-Gilead who buried Saul, David sent messengers to the people of Jebesh-Gilead and said to them, May you be blessed by the Lord, because you showed this loyalty to Saul your Lord and buried him. Now may the Lord show steadfast love and faithfulness to you, and I too will reward you because you have done this thing. Therefore let your hands be strong and be valiant, for Saul your Lord is dead, 
and the house of Judah has anointed me king over them. But Abner, son of Ner, commanded, commander of Saul's army, had taken Ishbaal, son of Saul, and brought him over to Manhanaim. He made him king over Gilead, and the Asherites, Jezreel, Ephraim, Benjamin, and over all Israel. Ishbaal, son, Saul's son, was forty years old when he began to reign over Israel, and he reigned two years. But the house of Judah followed David. The time that David was king in Hebron over the house of Judah was seven years and six months. Acts 15, 36 through 16, 5. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Come, let us return and visit to the believers in every city where we proclaim, proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark, but Paul decided not to take with them one who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not accompanied them in the work. The disagreement became so sharp that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and set out. The believers commanding him, commending him to the grace of the Lord, he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Paul also went on to Derbe and to Lystra, where there was a disciple named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer. But his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the believers in Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and had him circumcised because of the Jews who were in those places, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they went from town to town, they delivered to them for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and the elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in numbers daily. Mark six fourteen through 29 King Herod heard of it, for Jesus' name had become known. Some were saying, John the baptizer has been raised from the dead, and for this reason these powers are at work in him. But others said, it is Elijah, and others said, it is a prophet, like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised. For Herod himself had sent men who arrested John, bound him, and put him in prison on account of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because Herod had married her. For John had been telling Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted to kill him, but she could not. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and he protected him. When he heard him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he liked to listen to him. But an opportunity came when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his courtiers and officers and for the leaders of Galilee. When his daughter Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his guests. And the king said to the girl, Ask me for whatever you wish, and I will give it. And he solemnly swore to her, Whatever you ask me, I will give you even half of my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, What should I ask for? She replied, the head of John the baptizer. Immediately, she rushed back to the king and requested, I want you to give me at once the head of John the baptizer on a platter. The king was deeply grieved, yet out of regard for his oaths and for the guests, he did not want to refuse her. 
Immediately, the king sent a soldier of the guard with orders to bring John's head. He went and beheaded him in the prison, brought his head on a platter, and gave it to the girl. Then the girl gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard about it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, continuing on in the story of Saul and David. Saul is now dead, and David first writes this beautiful lament over both Saul and Jonathan. Now, Jonathan, we might understand, right? It, because, as he says, you know, he, he, he's a brother, a deep brother, this um, man after his own heart, even better than women, he says. Do with that what you will. Um, and, you know, so we can understand, because of this deep connection, why he would lament over Jonathan. But Saul has been his enemy. Saul has been chasing after him all these many years. And yet David also pours out this great grief over the loss of Saul. Because God's anointed one, the king of Israel, has been killed. And so he writes this beautiful song of lament, and he teaches it to all um, all of the people there with him, and make sure that everyone knows how great that Saul was. Um, he does not have ill will. He does not, you know, he doesn't do any of that. Anyways, then he goes to Gilboa and or to, to Hebron, excuse me, to sort of set up camp. And there, the people of Judah, so the tribe of Judah, they make David their king officially. They say, okay, Saul is now dead, so we need a new king, so we're going to make David our king. Um, and he sends this letter to the people of Jabesh-Gilead, who may, you may remember had snuck under you know, great uh, peril to themselves, took down Saul's body from the, Philist the wall on the Philistine um, city, as well as Jonathan and the other sons, and buried them properly. And David says, thank you so much. Um, you have done this great thing for this one who was anointed as the king of Israel. But we also have, um, there's some, some intrigue and, and that sort of thing, because Abner um, has now taken, uh, I don't remember his name, he has a really weird name, Ishbal or something, um, one of the sons of Saul, who's 40 years old at this point, and we'll find out kind of a jerk, um, and makes him king, and all of the people of Israel, so basically the rest of the tribes, this would be kind of the northern tribes, all bow down to this new son of Saul. So Abner is continuing on this line and this dynasty, um, and the people of Judah have crowned David as king. There will be this ongoing sort of disconnect between Judah uh, sometimes the tribe of Benjamin is connected with that, sometimes not, and the the tribes in the north of Israel. Um, there will be this ongoing disconnect, and right now there's basically a civil war that's going on. Right now it's kind of a cold civil war, but it will become a little bit more hot because both, there are two groups within this sort of larger ethnic group who have two different kings. Um, the people of Israel look to Ishbaal, and the people of Judah look to David as their king. And that's going to cause some friction that we will see as things sort of unfold. But this Abner 
um, plays a really interesting and uh, important role in all of that. So we'll see how that unfolds. Then we have from Acts. This is fairly soon after the um, the Council of Jerusalem. There has been this letter that has been sent out to all the Gentiles saying that they, there are only a few things that we want you to do, but you don't have to take on the whole law. Paul and Barnabas, they're going to go out on their second now missionary journey. They're going to go back to all these places that they have gone and set up churches. But there's a disagreement between the two and um, over who they should bring with them. Barnabas wants to bring John Mark because he, he likes his skills, whatever. We don't know exactly why. But Saul, Paul, does not want to bring Mark because Mark bailed on us back in Pam. Pamphylia, right? I don't want to take him with me. And so they have this deep argument and there is a schism. So Barnabas goes off with Mark to in one place and Paul goes back to, to Lystra and Darby to continue on this missionary journey by himself. He brings Silas with him and they're in, in um, Lystra and Darby, which is, by the way, where we heard about the, um, the whole incident where they thought that he was Zeus and, and uh, Hermes. Um, but they pick up Thomas. Now, a really interesting thing here that is, um, you may have noticed. So Thomas is, his mother was a Hebrew and his father is a Greek. And we learn more about Thomas in the letters to Thomas that Paul wrote to him. And we find out more about the faith of his mother and his grand, grandmother who he, he got this faith from. But because he is sort of a, of mixed birth, that gives him a great place as the spokesperson towards the Gentile church because he can understand sort of both of these sides, but he has not been circumcised. There is this question that is out there in the church. It has been resolved by the Council of Jerusalem that circumcision is not necessary. Paul has been an outspoken uh, proponent that circumcision is not necessary. And yet, he says to Thomas, you need to be circumcised. Why? This is a crazy thing, right? Um, maybe it is because we're not quite sure why, but one of the things may be he is sort of bowing to this pressure, but I think what it more is, is that he wants to, even though this thing has been resolved, there is still some question and there's still some going back and forth. And so he wants to remove any um, barrier any reason for people not to listen to the gospel that they are bringing. Um, and so he has Thomas circumcised so that this leadership that Paul is bringing around cannot be, um, we're, we're removing these excuses that other people might have for not listening. So that's, there it is. It's kind of an interesting um, question about exactly why he, he did this. Um, but there you go. And then we have from Mark's gospel, we hear about Herod, who um, is hearing about Jesus, thinking that Herod thinks that this is John the Baptist re, uh, sort of reincarnated. Um, and then we t get the story about his interaction with John, how John had spoken out against the fact that Herod had married his brother's wife. Um, so this is definitely a no-no. Um, and Herod didn't like the fact that John was speaking against him. 
had him arrested and put him into prison, but did not kill him. Herodias, the uh, the now wife, used to be uh, sister-in-law, was uh, wanted to have John killed, but but Herod, Herod does not do it. He goes and listens to to John and and talks to him and that sort of thing. Well, we then have this other really kind of cringy, interesting story where Herodias, this is now the daughter of Herodias. So this is Herod's um, used to be or is niece, right? Now is sort of his stepdaughter. Well, she goes and does a sexy dance in front of him and all of this crowd, and he promises up to half of his kingdom. This is a very sort of, in, in sort of scriptural language, this has some deep sexual orientation or um, overtones to it. Um, and he says, I'll, I'll give you anything, right? Whatever you ask. And after consulting with her mother, she says, I want the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And so he gives it to her. And that's where we have the death of, Her- of, of John. And John's disciples go and bury his body. Kind of a gross and, and um, uh, a challenging story. But those are our readings for today. Let's go ahead and join together in prayer. Satisfy us with your love in the morning, and we will live this day in joy and praise. Eternal God, we praise you for your mighty love given in Christ's sacrifice on the cross and the new life we have received by his resurrection. Especially we thank you for ministries of teaching and pastoral care. Those who work to help heal. Sacrifices others have made for our benefit. Opportunities for our generous giving. the presence of Christ in our weakness and suffering. People of God, for what else do we give thanks? We continue to give thanks for uh, our Vacation Bible School program. It is fun and very exhausting. I definitely took a nap after lunch before I came back for work. (laughs) That's one of the reasons why this video is so uh, late, but um, what a wonderful opportunity to to share the gospel with with children and the teens that are working with us, and and just sharing in the joy of of God's spirit. Um, so continued prayers for Vacation Bible School. God of grace, let our concern for others reflect Christ's self giving love, not only in our prayers, but also in our practice. Especially we pray for the church in Latin America. A right relationship between humans and the earth. 
those who are wounded or face death. Those who keep watch over the sick and the dying. All who speak up and take action for what is right. People of God, for what else do we pray? We pray for Nick, a friend of the church who is going to have his knee replacement surgery in August. For Barbara, another friend of the church who had to leave church early to go to the emergency room. She is feeling better, but having several procedures done on the, uh, later this month. We pray for Sandra, a friend of the Prices, whose husband fell and hit his head and has died as a result. We pray for Ernie, who's having knee replacement surgery early in August. We pray for Mary, Anne, a friend of Bill's, who has been having trouble with dizziness. For Debbie, who uh, had hip replacement surgery and fell and broke two ribs and is recovering from that. Um, Also for David, who fell and hit his head and needed some stitches. For Kathy, a friend of Jan Ann's, who has a broken tibia. For Margaret, who is on IV antibiotics for an infection. For Robin, a friend of the Garlands and the Wises, who's recovering from a serious stroke. For Brad, a friend of the Wises, who's recovering from Braden surgery. Prayers also for his wife, Ashley, and son, Anthony. And prayers for Sophia as she applies and has interviews for jobs. We add to these all of the prayers on our hearts and our minds. Almighty God, you have made us in your image and crowned us with honor and glory. Shape us by your word and fill us with your spirit so that we may live as your beloved children and proclaim your saving love to our life's end. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now let us continue to pray using the words that Christ taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, like the good stewards of the grace of God, let us serve one another with whatever gifts we have received. Amen. Bless the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Thank you so much for joining me today for daily prayer. Join me tomorrow for some more. Like this video, share it with someone else. Click on the subscription and the notification button, as well as going to our website, johncalvinchurch.org, for more information. Our readings today came from the common lectionary, the Reformed Common Lectionary, using the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible, and our liturgy came from the Book of Common Worship of the Presbyterian Church USA 2018 edition. Thank you so much for joining me. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you next time.